evam parampara praptam imam rajasya yogidu sakalenaha mahata yoga nashta parantapa although it was handed down in this way and very carefully like if you wanted to get a mango fruit at the very top of the tree one very big one then you very carefully you want to hand it down maybe two three people will climb the tree the smallest boy will go to the highest branch the smallest boy and then hand it the next the next the next or we say the best climber will go to the top and hand it down the other one can only climb so high on so high but i'm on the ground so anywhere in the tree that they are standing that's good for me we may think i want the guru at the top of the tree he must be the best he's going to the, he's right there next to krishna the next one is below him the next one is below him so in terms of this chain this i want to go to the top if i give you now there's a robot on mars right so if i give you the telescope you can you, so you can look at the red planet then inside the telescope there are so many lenses but the one you will look through is a very small one we say no no i want to look through the big big end <laughs> that one's bigger and that is closer i want to look through that one well, you will just get a headache from that <laughs> you will not see anything no. so you, small means well it comes to us the guru comes to us so come, come and and ideally guru will come from the same ideally guru must be qualified but if the guru is, has relative qualifications besides absolute qualifications that may also be an advantage you follow me first of all he has to be qualified spiritual but if he's also from our culture that may be helpful knows our psychology also so these relative values also come in, can come into play and as much as the relative value the re, the relative uh, there's a correspondence between myself and the guru on the relative plane same culture same age let us say guru could be the same age as you same culture same sex same background from the same hometown there's a tendency then it then he may look a little smaller if i go to india then i will look like a big white guru so many people will come even riding on the train they will ask me so many questions oh well, where you've come what do you know you're dressed like that and and, and then maybe an age aged uh, indian uh, swami sitting next to me nobody will ask him any question oh, robert hmm? <laughs> <laughs> only but if that aged an indian comes to america all american will go oh is it a guru has come for me <laughs> and then you will ask him the question maybe he doesn't entirely understand your tone and he gives some answer that doesn't really answer it and you go oh yeah just that is right <laughs> so these things happen <laughs> it's not a bad thing but it happens first things find a qualified guru but then there may be relative considerations also that may also come into play so interesting point here he says this this is in place the guru parampara this discipline succession we come in touch with it appropriately to the local 
representation, the small end of the, of the what do you call it, the telescope. If you look through that one, you can see all the way to, the, to Mars. If you try to avoid that local representation, the name of improving your lot, uh, then that will not be appreciated by Krishna. You will not be able to see. Bhakti is about service. The, more, the lower on the ladder of service that we can be, not less service, but the, the more of a servant we can be means the more there are above us, the better our position is. The tendency in the material world is to keep the association of people who are lesser than me, then I can feel comfortable. When I'm a, if I keep the company of people who are superior to me, then I'm always feeling inferior, inferior but I want to pe- feel superior. But in spiritual life, that's just the opposite. If you keep the company of superior people, spiritually advanced people, then you can progress. Good chance for progress. And when you make progress, real progress, then you think, everybody is more advanced than me. And you learn from everyone, from everything, even from nature, movements of nature, the birds and the bees and the trees, humans, your students, everyone, everything. We are all students forever, such as the nature of the subject matter. This is not about conquering, about power. A fellow once told me he was thinking of joining and he had long knotted hair, dreadlocks. I knew he liked that hair very much. I said, if you join us, you will have to shave your head if you want to live as a monk. He said, but Swamiji, all my power is in my hair. Yogis can keep power in their hair. He didn't have any such power. but <laughs> He liked to think so. So he said, Swamiji, but all my power is in my, in my hair. I said, you see, what you have to learn is that spiritual life is not about getting power. It's about acknowledging who's powerful. About acknowledging your weakness, how small, how weak you are, how needy you are. This is bhakti. You know, Hare Krishna mantra is all in the vocative case. Hare Krishna, Ram. It's all, it's for bhajan, for crying only. Prabhupada was once asked about yoga, he said, Yoga? Oh, we just cry, Oh Krishna, Oh Hari, Oh Ram. That's yoga, that's all. This is real yoga. So, if we take shelter of this uh, Guru Parampara, this system of, through which Krishna says this knowledge is handed down, He's giving an instance of how he spoke it and it was handed down to a certain point. The implication is that such a system is, is, is intact. Krishna established such a system, a channel through which this knowledge will come. Parampara, one after another. And Prabhupada said he had many, my Guru Maharaj had many thousands of disciples, he said, and he was f- fond of collecting more students, more devotees of Krishna. And a big campaign for that. But he said also that I'm collecting all these people for a purpose. And my purpose will be fulfilled if one of them understands what I'm talking about and actually becomes pure. They all will in time. But he meant this. this. If one of them who follows me as my initiated disciple becomes pure, 
then, ah, my job is complete. That is parampara. Do you understand? The guru goes to the other side and sends the boat back for us to come. He said, there are many stars amongst you. I'm looking for one moon. Of course, many moons is fine too. But again, I say this only because this is the idea of, of Guru Parampara. What would be the credit of the Guru if he, if he leaves no one behind cap capable to bring others to the other side? Then his mission will be in, incomplete. This is, this, is, this is the task. You got it from someone. Now, you, now you've got a problem. You've got to give it to someone else. You've got to find someone else. This is kind of the, the game of it, if you, if you will. You've got to find it. Always looking. Where is that? <laughs> so parampara. One after another. But even though Krishna puts this system intact, in, in here he says an important thing, a striking thing. He says, Sakalena mahata yoga nashta parantapa. It so happens, Arjun, that although I spoke this a long time ago, as I've mentioned, I'm doing it again today to you, Paramtapa. He uses this name for Arjun. Why am I doing it? Because what happens sometimes in this world, due to the influence of time, the Parampara system becomes uh, weak. It may become weak. A link may become weak in the chain. But don't worry. That sounds disconcerting. But he says, but I have been coming again today to speak it to you. So the idea is, I do keep it intact. When I see that happening, I breathe new life into the system by sending the very qualified representative also, we can be relieved, in, in a sense, from a disconcerting feeling that we just heard about this great system, how this knowledge is handed down, but sometimes it's, it becomes distorted. We can be relieved, in a sense, that Krishna says, how is it distorted? By time. And who is time? Time I am, he says, later on in the same book, Bhagavad Gita, I am time. So, by my own arrangement, just to bring out something more about it to make it relevant. Time, it means, changes things. Time changes the circumstances and the way people think about things and so forth and so on. So, it's required uh, sometimes to breathe new life in that, to speak about it in a different way, with a different vocabulary and different analogies and, 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 and shed more light on it. Like, let us, for example, take our own parampara, the Gaudiya Vaishnava Guru Parampara. We call it Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Parampara. Pakimino Thakur, a prominent guru in our lineage, he was very strong on the point that our lineage, the Gaudiya lineage, has a connection with what's called the Madhva lineage. His emphasis was likely based on the fact that he took seriously a verse attributed to the Padma Purana, in which it is mentioned that there are four sampradayas or lineages, bhakti lineages in this world. And you should receive your mantra from such lineage and if you don't get the mantra from the lineage, it won't bear any fruit. 
sampradaya bhina te mantrasta nishvala matha. That's one half of the verse. That without, the, if you don't get the mantra from the sampradaya, it won't bear any fruit. That's an interesting point because most mantras need to be activated by the guru. It's interesting because it's mentioned elsewhere that Krishna mantras are always active, but it means they're always alive. But still, if we don't get them from the guru, they won't be pleased with us. You've gone around the system. You've ignored the dear one to Krishna in the name of coming to Krishna. How, how will Krishna think about that? If you have dear ones and someone wants your association but doesn't care about the dear ones, what will you think about that? They will not endear you to, to them. So we should receive the mantra from the parampara. This is called diksha. Diksha destroys avidya and pop. It has the power. It, put, it means it puts something in place by which all the, the klesh, the problems of our life, resulting from avidya, ignorance, that we call karma in different stages, unmanifest karma, karma that is in seed form, karma that is bearing fruit now. This is causing us so much difficulty. Big stock of karma. It means like a big debt. You want to move on, but you've got a huge debt. So it's difficult to have a life of your own. Just like if you maxed out all of your credit cards and, and you're working, but you're only working to pay the, pay the bills and the commodities that you purchase with those cards are already broken and used or you lost interest in them. And to have a life, you need new things. <laughs> You need a new car and a new toy, and so you, so you think, I have no life. I'm just working to pay the credit cards. This is a problem for people in the world. It happens. So what they do sometimes, they go to the court and they get a lawyer. They come under the bankruptcy, and the lawyer negotiates with the debtors, the creditors. So we are like that. We should declare bankruptcy. If we understood our karmic debt, we'd think, oh my God, I have to declare bankruptcy. <laughs> I have no life. I'm just working for where? Only going down. Just accruing a greater and greater burden, a greater and greater debt. So I need some outside intervention. Out, from outside means from outside the system of karma. Krishna is not bound by karma. We'll hear that. Janma karma, chame dibhyam. Yes, he says. This is coming, but briefly. I come, I take birth, I act, but it's dibyam, very different than yours. It's not under karma. It's transcendental when I appear in the world. And my representative, and the knowledge that he gives, that is also transcendental. Come in touch with such an, an agent, that means to get help from outside of the bondage of karma. And what kind of help? Very big help. Very strong help. Just like you may owe money to so many corporations, but theoretically anyway, the government is bigger than the corporations. It may not be practically so in this country. 
theoretically, uh, if you can take shelter of the government, then they can tell the corporations to back off. So by taking shelter of Krishna and the Guru Parampara, then this karmic influence by diksha, something the initiation in the mantra, some sanskar impression is created, and then something is put in place to eradicate the karma. It may take some little time. And he gives Krishna mantra, Krishna and Krishna nam. That has all power to to uh, uh, remove the karmic debt entirely in every way. From unmanifest karma to karma that is in seed, that, that was prarabdha, bearing fruit right now, such power. So to come under that, such an auspicious point in our life, to get human birth, where we can talk about these things, to develop faith, to find a, 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 a proper guru, a godbrother of mine used to say, the distance we have come thus far in our material sojourn to this point, having met our Gurudev and coming under his shelter, is far, far greater than the distance we have to go to this point. Although it may seem, oh, I'm just beginning, I met my Guru, I have so, so high, he talks about things I don't even understand. Or what I, yeah. How can I get all this knowledge and understand it, assimilate it, apply it? Uh, but he's not worried like that. Hey, don't worry. <laughs> he said, don't worry, it'll come. Just practice like this. He knows, oh, the distance you've gone so far, wandering, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon, Bhagavan Jeev, wandering through the universe. Now you come, you become fortunate, lucky. Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Latubij. Krishna sent you the Guru, and then the Guru will send you to Krishna. Straight away. In a systematic way. You're wandering aimlessly. Maybe you had an aim. But how to, how to, how to get there? You, didn't, you, you had an ideal, in a general sense. But now to go in a systematic way. That happens when we come in touch with Guru Parampara. So, there's some system. But, again, as this verse is saying, Sometimes that system, by the influence of time, by Krishna's own arrangement, we can say, oh, it becomes weak. Then he puts new energy into it, new light. So, with regard to our parampara, Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Guru Parampara, Bhaktivinotaka was fond of emphasizing our, our parampara, the disciplic succession coming from Lord Chaitanya, has a connection with the Madhva Sampradaya because he took seriously a verse attributed to Padma Purana that says there are four Vaishnav Sampradayas. One of them is Madhvas in the modern age, uh, in, in recorded history. Madhva. One is uh, Ramanuja. One is, uh, is uh, Vishnu Swami. And one is uh, Nimbarka. And they have their origins in antiquity, in Brahma and Lakshmi and Chatushan Kumara and Mahadev, Rudra, Shiva, these four. Now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is coming. So he's starting a parampara, but Bhaktivinoda wanted to connect him with one of the four. So naturally he connected him with the Brahma Sampradaya. 
which is the Madhva Sampradaya from Brahma in antiquity to Madhva in recorded history. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming in that Sampradaya. In other words, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he had a guru. His guru was Ishwar Puri. Ishwar Puri's guru was Madhavendra Puri. Madhavendra Puri coming in the Madhva lineage. Now, I should point out to you, since it's important to know the history of our lineage, as we already heard from the first verse in tonight's discussion, that there are some points of contention about this, even in the Gaudiya community, which is diverse. The verse that Bhaktivinoda Thakur took seriously that says there are four sampradayas, it cannot be found in any existing manuscript of Padma Purana. So some people conjecture this is interpolated. Somebody wrote, put in this verse. Maybe, maybe not. But those who put more stock in the idea that it is an addition, and this goes on sometimes, this, this is what it means to disrupt the parampara. These kind of things happen. Those who put stock in that, they say, in Chaitanya Sampradaya, in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, oh, therefore this, uh, this is the Gaudiya Sampradaya. Coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we don't need to be part of one of these other sampradayas. There aren't only four. We don't accept that verse. But Kavi Karnapur, Bhushan, great luminaries in our sampradaya, in their books, Gauragonadeshti Pika and Prema Ratnavali, respectively, they have listed a Guru Parampara that connects. Gaudias from the time of Chaitanya to the Madhva lineage and back to Brahma. Krishna spoke to Brahma, Brahma to Narada, Narada to Vyas, Vyas to Sukadev, and Vyas to Madhva is said also, who went to the Himalaya and found him. And Madhva's uh, successors, so many there, coming to Madhavendra Puri and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But some people say, oh, but those verses in those books, those were added later by somebody else. That also interpolation. And then they study the list and they find some technical discrepancies in the list. For example, in the list coming down from Madhva, in Prema Ratnavali, Baladevi Dibhushan from Madhva, then the four others are mentioned, but they are not disciples of one another. They are all disciples of Madhva. So it's going like some people so say, say this is not going down, it's going out. Like this. And, and um, some technical details there. And by examining it empirically, they find there seems to be some problem. So they say, we don't accept that verse from Padma Prana. We are Gaudiya Sampradaya. We have nothing to do with Madhva Sampradaya. After all, the doctrine in Madhva Sampradaya has some differences from which we find in the Gaudiya Sampradaya. There are many theological uh, differences. Madhva's may be a true lineage, but a Gaudi lineage has a different type of emphasis. In Madhva lineage, for example, they don't worship Radha and Krishna. But the Gaudi is a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they worship Radha and Krishna. This is one just very prominent example. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he was very insistent. No, it is Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. And we agree with him. We are the followers of Bhaktivinoda. And we, from this verse, we can get some support for that. 
in the sense that Krishna says, time and time I come and give new life. I, I energize my mission my, through the parampara. I, I, I come and put... Now, all gaudis accept that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. The same Krishna who spoke to Brahma in Gopavesh. It is mentioned in Gopaltapani. I saw him, Brahma said, dressed like a Gopa. He appeared before me. I was worshipping Narayan. Narayan is the source of my birth. But Narayan appeared to me suddenly dressed like a Gopa. means like a cowherd with a flute in his hands and peacock feather on his head. And he gave me a mantra, Krishna mantra, of 18 syllables. He told me how to chant it. I chanted that mantra, and all my spiritual aspirations were fulfilled. He came before me and shook my hand like a friend. That's not Narayan. With four hands, but it was Krishna. Hi, pal. He said, Comrade, hold my hand. Take my hand. I want to tell you a secret. Come close. Then he gave him those 18 syllables. Krishna mantra. Now that same Krishna who did that, he has come as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All Gaudias accept that. So we have the same founder, but he's in a different, he's in a slightly different mood. He's not in a different mood, but his prominent mood has has taken taken has possessed him. His mood is that of a lover. This Krishna. He has a romantic life. And as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is that Krishna where the romantic side of him has completely taken over. That means the romantic side of him is Radha. Radha Krishna, they are one. Radha Krishna Pranay. Vikriti Ladini Shakta Rasmad. Ekat Manav Eva Bhuvi Pura Deham Bedo Vato To. The one became two, became one. Krishna became Krishna's one, he became two as Radha Krishna. Two bodies, one soul. The two again combined as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to teach the essence of that union between Radha and Krishna, that romantic life of Radha and Krishna. So, Antar Krishna, Bahir Gauram, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Inside he is Krishna. Outside he has the, the bhava of Radha, the mood of Radha. He wants to know what is the love of Radha. He said, I am Rasaraj. I am the king of love. But the love I see in her, for me, I don't know that love. That is so extraordinary that although I've said in Gita, Bhagavad Gita, as people approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. If you want to give, as much as you can give to me, I can, rep I can respond. The giving of Radha that I see embodied in that, that sector headed by Radha, is so great that I have to just give myself. <laughs> it's, I, it's greater, it's exhausted my capacity to reciprocate. So I put myself in your hands. And Krishna says, the love of Radha, that is my guru. Radha is the abode of the, the purest, highest ideal of uh, love, bhakti. Bhakti conquers Krishna himself. It's again, it's abhyam, it's inexhaustible bhakti. 
There's nothing higher than bhakti. It, it is higher than Krishna. That love that is pure bhakti, when that awakens in the heart, Krishna, that, is, that is the meaning of Krishna. That means God becomes a plaything in your hands. A very, uh, uh, these are the hasya, he etaduttamam, secrets of the sampradaya, secret ideas. So that same Krishna who spoke to Brahma, inside that mantra he gave, that romantic life, it's discussed. He came to try to taste that love, to put himself in that position. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So all Gauris accept this. Same Krishna spoke to Brahma, he has come. So in that sense it is the same Sampradaya. And Brahma, what about Brahma? Brahma is also there. Brahma was uh, associated with Narayan. He was attracted to Krishna, that cowherd, who herding his calves with his with his cowherd friends. When Krishna Brahma saw him, he, he was astounded by that. Krishna was eating with his left hand some fruit and yogurt. He putting it in the mouth of his friends, and then taking it out and putting it in his mouth. This is like not very civilized. And Brahma came, Vidhi he's called, Vidhi, the personification of the way to conduct oneself, proper manners. He saw that, what is this? The commotion about this? Hmm? This is called Brahma Vimohan. Even though he got the mantra, Krishna bewildered him for his own purpose. Just like Arjuna is pure devotee of Krishna, but he seems to be in ignorance. So Krishna put him in ignorance to teach Bhagavad Gita. So Krishna bewildered Brahma. He said, but then, then Krishna showed him, see me, Narayans come from me, unlimited Narayans come from me. He showed this mystic vision to Brahma. Brahma was bewildered. He said, oh, then he understood, oh, you are Narayan. Krishna said, no, I'm not Narayan. How can I be Narayan? I only have two hands. Narayan has four hands. <laughs> he said, oh, you're the same. I can see you're the source of Narayan. Great Siddhanta came. Krishna's two Bhagavan Sriyam. This is the Leela that demonstrates this philosophical point that Krishna is the source of Narayan. So but that Brahma, at that time, he made some offense to Krishna. He thought, what is this? He's eating with his left hand and carrying on with these people. This is unbecoming. So when he came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when Krishna came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Brahma, because he's the same Krishna, though the same Brahma is also coming. He came as Haridas Thakur. He was born in a family where people eat with the left hand, hmm. outside of the Hindu culture. Who was he associated with closely? Advaita, who is Mahavishnu, Narayan. And he became noted uh, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as, as the Acharya of Nam, the Nam Acharya, the, the, the one to learn from about chanting, which is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's principal teaching is. So, in this way we can say, it is a, it is a remake of the Brahma, Krishna, the Brahma Sampradaya, coming again after Madhva. Same persons are there, Krishna's there, Brahma's there. But they want to talk about something 
by the force of the of the of the romanticism of Krishna. They want to talk about the secrets of the sampradaya that weren't given to Madhva, that were given to Brahma in in the form of the mantra, handed down, but not because it's such a secret subject matter. All the full light of that was not shown, so everyone could know about it. Now they've come to broadcast it. Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. This is our Guru Parampara. And in that Guru Parampara, one of the, the principal luminaries in the modern age was Thakur Bhakti Vinod. We follow him. Those people who systematized the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in literature and, show, and turned it into a system of, of, of how to practice to approach that ecstasy, they're called the Six Goswamis. They took what was a Bengali spiritual phenomenon and put it in the universal spiritual language, Sanskrit. These six Goswamis, they did this. They put it in Sanskrit. That means the universal spiritual language of the time. And they wrote very, very sophisticated way the system of it. What, what, what is that ecstasy? Otherwise, it would have just been a Bengali god thing. What's going on? Those Bengalis are crazy anyway. You know, there are so many strange things. <laughs> they took that, they wrote about it, they, they gave, they excavated the places of Krishna's Leela in Vrindavan, they demonstrated, Krishna did this here, Krishna did that here. They showed how to practice what the theory was, and so they, they, they erected, a for, they gave a form to the, to the, to the, to the, what Mahaprabhu embodied, the ecstasy that he embodied, so that it could be approached. They took one Bengali, Krishnadas Kaviraj, they commissioned him. Now all those other Bengali, those, those biographies that have been written in Bengali about him, they take one and Sanskritize it about 10 or 15 percent. And under our tutelage, you write a biography. That's called Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's a Goswami edition in Bengali and Sanskrit. And by that they're saying, Bengal's okay also. And Bengali, very Kupshundar Bhasha. Hmm. Very sweet, very beautiful language. Very romantic language, worth learning. Mahaprabhu spoke it himself. Anyway, it's and in Sadhu Basha. It's mostly fifty percent um, Sanskrit. Anyway, they 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 what they did was they legitimized in a sense, in a, in a broad sense, in India. They took the first steps to do that. What Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about, and they showed how he's in the parampara. He's part of a system, not a newfangled thing. There's a history to this. And it's the history that begins with this, the emotional and introspect, most introspective and emotional moments of a God. This is where the parampara, this, this installation, this, this uh, installment in the parampara has its history and its origins. In Ras Lila, when Krishna disappeared from the Rasa dance and the gopis chased after him, and they went mad in separation. And when Radha's madness was millions of times greater than all of the other gopis combined, Krishna had to come out of hiding to see that. What kind of love they have for me? I want to taste that love. And this is the beginning of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then. And this installment in the Parampara. This is the history. It's very worth knowing. Very extraordinary moment in the life of the Absolute. We're, we're having a glimpse of that through the parampara. These are great secrets. 
And Arjuna tells, Krishna tells Arjuna in this third and final sloka of the discussion tonight, he says, what? Saivaya mayatedya yoga prokta paratana paktosi mesakacheti rahasyahi etad uttamam. He says, now although I spoke this to kings, great high people like that, and you may just think yourself just as an ordinary fellow in comparison, my comrade, you should know the real qualification for getting this knowledge, I'm going to tell you. He said he addressed him as Parantapa in the previous verse. It means conqueror of enemies, who like scorches his enemies. There are enemies to our understanding this mystery, and that is our senses and our mind, who we've made a friendship with. We have to step back from them. Who, has, who gets control of the senses by hearing from a guru and mind, that student becomes qualified to hear more confidential instruction. Otherwise, he would just say, yes, 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 everything's okay. If you get control, then he wants to give you so now more confidential knowledge. Yes, Krishna gave this to the kings of the world, but who the real king? Who can, can conquer the senses? He is, that is, real king. They rule the world. What does it say? Bacho vegam, manasakrodha vegam, jiva vegam, good student, udarapashta vegam, etan vegam, yovisahetatira, sarvam, apimam, pritim, sasishyat. Who can control the sense senses? Oh, he rules the world. Because the world is ruled by the senses. So if you can get that in place, then you can get secrets about the other world. Then you become so qualified to hear those secrets. Otherwise, you fuse secrets with this world, because of this world. Because those secrets look more to this world. Because dancing with gopis. <laughs> it's different than the dough. <laughs> After we condemn the disco, condemn the disco, and then tell you, but the guy, <laughs> this is the goal. <laughs> Like I said, it's very... Arjun's head would be spinning from this. So you give up the disco, get control of your senses, take this mantra. This mantra is, is the music that makes the makes the, the, the dance of Krishna Lila go round. And to chant that mantra that you get from the Guru, you have to, you have to control your mind, you have to pay attention. So Krishna says, you are Parantapa, there's one qualification. And you are bhakto and sakha. Here for the first time in the Gita, the word bhakti is used. Bhakto, you are my devotee. He says it. So again, God is introduced here. Krishna says, I am God. And devotion to God. That there are, for God, uh, to be God, they have to be devotees of God. And they're avyayam. This relationship is imperishable. It goes on forever. He says, you are my devotee and you are my friend. This means service. We should serve the Guru affectionately. Vishvambena Guru Seva. This should be our ideal. Don't be just a servant. Be affectionate servant. What is affectionate servant? I want to know what, what you... What do you want? 
Now, how you will become an affectionate servant? You have to become parantapa, not in any other way. The more you can control your senses, the more you can become affectionate and friendly, just the opposite of ordinary life, where friendship and intimacy is not based on controlling the senses, but following the senses. So to put this in place, then we can become that sense control, mind control, the practices to close to this, then we can become close. It's, another, it's a different kind of relationship. It's a categorically different. Once one of my godbrothers tried to touch the feet of my Shiksha Guru, Bhaktivedanta Dev Goswami Maharaj, and we were in a, on a veranda and there was a little crowd, and he was making an effort to get there and touch the feet. And Sridhar Maharaj laughed. He said, so you think that's what it means to touch the feet of a Vaishnava, which is recommended? He says, it's not just that, a physical thing. The Vaishnava has lotus feet, it is said. What does that mean? It means feet that don't touch the ground, like the lotus. It comes from the mud. Lotus grows in the mud, in the water, but it never touches the water, it never touches the mud. So if you want to touch the lotus feet of the guru, you have to get out of the mud of sense gratification. You have to stop drowning in the world of your mind. You have to rise above that. Then you can have intimacy to that extent, real friendship. Friendship is based on equality. Matter and spirit are not equal. If we want to remain in a material conception of life, how can we have an intimate relationship with someone on a spiritual platform? You have to rise, but make, make some effort. You have to see, oh, he's over there. <laughs> I want to have intimate relationship. But he's standing over there. I have to go there. So as we do that, Arjuna is, Krishna is telling Arjuna, you, this is your position. You are Parantapa, actually. You are my devotee. And, and more, my friend, therefore, I'm going to tell you everything. I cannot hide anything from my friends. I cannot keep anything back from my friends. So this is a lesson we learned today. Srimad Bhagavad Gita ki jai. Sri Sri Krishna Arjun ki jai. Sri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Guru Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Guru Premanandi. So, any questions, comments? Yes. Well, Krishna is speaking in a general sense that he's personally present and his purpose is to establish Dharma. Dharma sap sap sam sap panartaya sambhavam yuge yuge. I come yuga after yuga, millennium after millennium to establish the Dharma, to keep it in place. So in a general sense, he's saying Bhagavad Gita is, is universal. Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is speaking to Arjuna about the principle that every Guru Parampara will, 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 will put in place. 
It's not in the literal sense that Krishna is making Arjuna a disciple and Arjuna will have a disciple, but in a general sense he's speaking about the principle. Another question? Yes. That um, when Rupa Goswami, for instance, talks about how if someone even once uh, speaks the holy name, even disrespectfully, that all of his horrible sins are destroyed. And many other places it's talked about like that. And then, um, you know, when we talk about... I mean like Nama Boss. <coughs> yeah. Maybe disrespectful. Someone may say, oh, Harry Krishna, where's your hair? <laughs> so how we understand that? Yeah, just, uh, uh, you know, the, how to take that. It is said that by by a, a, a reflection of the a dim reflection of the pure name, Nama Bas, that all that one can be liberated it means all karma will be destroyed by Nama Bas. So it means that one thing it means is that such potential is there in Nama Bas, the shadow or the reflection of the name. Shadow, I should say. The shadow of the name, such potential is present. Just like in Bhakti Dasamrita Sindhu, so many things are mentioned. If you see the Ratha Yatra of Lord Jagannath, you will be liberated. Hmm? If you do this, this will happen. So many wonderful things. But we find people doing those things, and it's not happening. But Rupa Goswami has explained that it, these statements from Scripture are valid because... Each one that he gives, for the most part, some instance is also mentioned. So it has the potential to happen. Such potential is there. So that is one way to understand the statement, that such potential lies in Namabas. Just a shadow of the name can destroy all karma. This is to lay emphasis on the power of chanting. Therefore, you should... One, who would not be encouraged then to take it up? Just by a shadow, I can remove the one side of, bringing it to effect the one side of liberation, getting free from, from karma. Another point is that when one chants Krishna's name without offense, it means Namabas, but not purely. So he's not making any offense, but his chanting is not pure. Then he gets Krishna's attention. And if he does that, in the, then Krishna becomes pleased with him. And because Krishna is pleased with such a chanter, it means that all of his karma will be destroyed. It is inevitable. In the example of um, Ajamil, Ajamil was a, a Brahmin. He chanted Krishna Nam. He chanted the name of Narayan. But he got distracted in his life, and, and he ended up living an irreligious life, but he named his son Narayan. So Vishwanath Chakravitakura, in his explanation, he says he chanted the, his son's name all the time. Narayan, come, Narayan, the oh Narayan, the oh Narayan, this. And this was all Namabhas, a shadow of the name. Krishna became pleased with him, but he didn't show his mercy immediately. Krishna and Krishna Nam are the same. If you chant Nam offensively, Krishna is not going to be very pleased with that. 
But if you chant a, a shadow of the name, then to that extent he'll be present. And so, Vishwanath explains he, that he that that he didn't show his mercy entirely, but he was pleased, and he did it in his own uh, course of time. In other words, it had to happen. I believe he gives the example of, a, of it's a famous example. If you light a rope on fire, if you take a rope and you light it on fire, you know, rope burns fast. So you can say, that rope's gone. It's gone. The rope may still be there. And even after the rope is burned, if you burn a rope, then some semblance of the rope remains. It's gone. But something still seems to be there. It looks like kind of like a rope. But if you pull on it, <laughs> it's not going to hold you up. Hmm? So this Namabas destroys the karma like that. So the devotee may... So many things are going on in his life. He's doing Namabas. If you do Namabas, it, it, it means like you can do once, everything can happen. But if you do Namabas appropriately over time. Therefore, sometimes it's called the clearing stage. There's offensive stage, the clearing stage, and pure chanting. So Namabas is powerful. It will put in place this one side of the equation of liberation. You understand? It will remove the karma. Namabas will do that. You don't need Shudanam to do that. Shudanam, pure Nam, will give you love of Krishna, the other side of the equation of liberation. So Namabas will give that. But you may have to chant Namabas many times. But once doing it, it's sure to happen. And what, what is remaining in the devotee's life looks like that rope of karma is there. That's just the ash. Krishna has actually come into the person's life. It's, this is inconceivable. And, and therefore his life is not in, entirely under the, under the rule of karma. It's just like it's, it was, Gwinda Marsh used to say he was a Jyotish. He used to say, oh, oh, the one problem with astrology, the most important planet is not included, Goloka. Golokero premudhan hari nam sankirtana. And when the sankirtan of Krishna nam comes into your life, it comes from Golok. When it comes into your life, then your karmic situation is, is altered forever. So it means something like that. So when you said, you know, Ma Pa Kedalai say Hare Krishna, what is this? They said it once. That's Namabasa once. The rope, it's on fire now, right? Yeah. That's it. Finished. In, yeah, whenever Krishna sees fit, but yeah. Yeah. That's what the scripture says. <laughs> yes, so we should take it like that. It also mentioned in the scripture that the glories of the name are inconceivable. So, don't expect it. And this is why, you see, this is, this is what Mahabharata was come to give in the religious world, even among, in, amongst Hindus of his time, was just inconceivable. But he is the giving Nam Dharma, this side, yes? Just a little bit about what you're um, talking about. I was in Kmart earlier today, and I guess this woman's job was to do price checks whenever they couldn't find how much it cost. And her name was Krishna. 
Chakravarti, something, Gopal Chapal, something, yeah, he challenged Haridas. He said that he was in an assembly of Brahmins and that Haridas Brahma was born in the in Malacha family, had to eat with his left hand, chanted with his right hand. He said, uh, they said, Brahma said, say something about always chanting, Krishna Nam, say, say something about the race of Nam. He said, what do I, what do I know about Nam? He said, I can say one, that say one thing, that by a show on the name, one can, one can be removed from all, all karma can, one's karma can be removed. One Brahman said, what? What kind of talk is that? What kind of nonsense is that? I can't believe that. The process to get rid of karma is so sophisticated and difficult. And he said, just by the shadow of it. He said, it is mentioned in the scripture like this. We accept it. Uh, it's a fact. And he told, if you don't take that back, then I curse you that what your, your, your nose will fall off. It means you, you will get leprosy. So everyone was shocked to hear that Brahman speak in that way. A few days later, he got leprosy. He got leprosy, who said. These are true stories. So believe it. <laughs> don't doubt it. Celebrate it. Even if you don't understand it. It's possible... That you, if you're drowning in the in the in the river and someone comes and puts you on the boat, you still may struggle and think that you're drowning, but you're on the boat. Your lungs may be full of water and so many things still, but you're safe. So get on the boat of Krishna Nam, and you're safe. Yes. You said that the um, love of Krishna is greater than Krishna. Something to that effect. So I was wondering how you, if you could uh, explain that a little bit. Well, something be greater than Krishna. Love of Krishna is also not separate from Krishna. Love of Krishna is Krishna's swarup shakti. That that shakti is is not different from him. It, 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 a person's energy is not different from the person. It's what makes them what they are. Because uh, Brahman has Shakti, it has life, the Absolute has life. So, in that sense, there's nothing higher than Krishna. Mm -hmm. But if we look closely at Krishna, we find, oh, that Krishna has Shakti. And when he shares that Shakti with the Jiva soul, then that aspect of himself that consumes the jiva soul in relation to him affects him in a particular way that we say is like conquering him, defeating, defeating him. I mean, a man is uh, is conquered by his nature. He may want to do something else, but he has his nature and he can't help it. Something like that. So. When the Surup Shakti means Bhakti, uh, Ladini and Sambit Shakti, 
combine in a particular way in the heart of the jiva, it gets bhava. It gets real bhakti, bhakti proper. And when that is churned, it turns into prema. And as it turns into prema in a particular way, developing a particular liking for Krishna, then Krishna appears just like that to that devotee forever. In that sense, is purchased, purchased by him. So, all right, we talk with some time. Jai, Oud Premanandi.